Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> end the line, end of the journey, whatever you want to call it, but the... Football season officially comes to a close later on this evening. How's everybody doing? Dan Grosser with you. I haven't talked to you in a while. It's been, what, less than 24 hours at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Tom Bauer and Joe Leo, my pals, they're producing the program today. We'll take you for a few hours here, a special Super Bowl Sunday edition of the big program, right up to 2 o'clock. Then our pal Ty Butler will take over the rest of the afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good one. Hope everybody you know, has all of their needs and foods and drinks and things that you're going to have for the rest of the day and night. I'll tell you, I made a last-minute, well, not kind of last-minute, last-minute will be going out today, but went to the grocery store yesterday to pick up a couple of things, and it was a mob scene. Now, I went, like, right in the heart of the afternoon, too, which is probably not the best thing in the world, so you kind of, like, know what you're getting into because any grocery store on, like, a Saturday afternoon is going to be crowded on any given weekend, but... I went yesterday, and let me tell you, it, it was a mob scene. It's like they were giving things away. And there were certain things in particular, if you were looking for them, you weren't going to be able to find. Like, they were already, like, wiped out, which, you know, is, is to be expected when you get to a day like the Super Bowl and people want certain things. And, you know, you got to kind of be a little proactive and go out early. So, look, you get what you get. You have to maybe use better judgment, but nevertheless, hopefully we have ourselves a good game today, and I think we are going to get a good game today. I've been saying that for the last couple of weeks, and I know, like, statistically, there's a lot of things out there that would indicate that these two teams are pretty much dead even right down the middle, right? They both had the same exact record when you throw in the postseason as well. They both scored the exact number of points at 546, which is creepy when you think about it. They both have the same number of all pros on their roster at six apiece. Now all the talking and all the speculating and all the prognosticating, all that stuff goes out the window. Now you just hit that field today and you have to just play. Look, there's going to be some jitters here. You know, the whole world is watching. And I'm sure that for guys that maybe haven't been on this stage before, it's going to take them a few minutes to maybe get their bearings under them and go out there and just play football. And you hope that that doesn't last as long as it would in any other ordinary game. But, you know, you think about, like, experience, and, and, and that's also one of the components of this game when you start to break it down. Like, how much does experience really factor in? Because when you look at these two rosters today, Kansas City is the team that has the more Super Bowl experience, right? I mean, this group, this core... This is their third Super Bowl in four years. You know, that Philadelphia Eagles team that won it all in 2017, there's only eight guys left from that Super Bowl 52 roster that are still on the team today. You know, you got a rookie head, not a rookie head coach, but you have a head coach who's never coached in the Super Bowl before. And Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, never been in the Super Bowl before. But there's a first time for everything. You know, Patrick Mahomes was a first-time Super Bowl quarterback a few years back, and that didn't stop him from going out there and winning the game and winning the Super Bowl MVP. So, I mean, once they kick the ball off, it's just football. And, and not always does the experienced team necessarily come out on top. I mean, it goes without saying, take the Eagles, for example. Right? I think that's the best example that you can have. 
six years ago or five years ago in, in Super Bowl 52 when they beat the Patriots. Wasn't Nick Foles the quarterback that day for the Eagles? I mean, think about it. Who had more Super Bowl experience than the New England Patriots that day and, and Belichick and Brady? And yet Doug Peterson and Nick Foles shot them down in the biggest game on the biggest stage. So, I mean, that's one thing we maybe look to, but I don't know if that factors in all that much when you're talking about 60 minutes and playing this game from start to finish today. It really and truly doesn't. But there are these other indicators and other factors that maybe you try to incorporate into how you're trying to make a sound judgment into this football game today. Like I mentioned it yesterday about the MVP jinx which now Patrick Mahomes is going to carry with him into this game later on today. Right, Patrick Mahomes winning the league MVP during the regular season. The last nine reigning MVPs that played in the Super Bowl that same season that they won the Most Valuable Player Award, they lost the Super Bowl. We suck. Nine straight. you got to go back to last century to find a guy who won the MVP and the Super Bowl in the same season, and that was Kurt Warner in 99 with the Rams and the greatest show on turf. And then two years later, Warner was the guy who kick-started this whole nine MVP skid when he won it again in 2001, and the Rams went to the Super Bowl and lost to some quarterback named Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. You know, I think back to that game, too, because, and we're going to a little bit later on in the show get into Super Bowl memories and so on and so forth and what this day has brought us over the years, but, I, I, I mean, I think we all remember that Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, remember, it was just a few months after 9-11 and all the patriotism that went alongside with it. But that whole Patriot run that year, you know, where they kind of came out of nowhere, Brady takes over for Bledsoe, and it's not like they were blowing teams out. You know, they were kind of winning ugly, if you will, and you, you, you kind of just expected the other shoe to fall at some point. Then they make it to the playoffs, right? And they have the tuck rule game against the, the Raiders in the snow. And, you know, by all accounts, they were kind of fortunate to, to win that one because of the tuck rule. And then the AFC Championship game, they go to Pittsburgh. Brady gets hurt early in the game. Bledsoe comes in off the scrap heap, and he has to win them the game and take them to the Super Bowl. And there's no way that they're going to beat the Rams, the greatest show on turf. There's no shot. And then somehow, some way, they find a way to win the game there. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's a fluke. You know, they're, they're, that ain't going to happen again. You know, who's this Brady guy? I mean, he, he ain't any good. Because remember, the, last, the next year right after that, the Patriots missed the playoffs altogether. They went 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs. That was when the Jets won the AFC East. And you're thinking, all right, even more so, I felt even stronger in my conviction that this was all a fluke. You're never going to see this again. And then what happened? Well, then they came back and won the next two. So I'm sure I wasn't the only one in kind of being surprised about all that. And that was before, you know, we knew anything about Spygate and, you know, the other things that the Patriots were up to behind the scenes and so on and so forth. But it just goes to show you that, you know, these games bring us these different moments and these storylines and these memories. And hopefully we're going to have a few of them today that, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now, we're looking back on Super Bowl 57 with the Chiefs and the Eagles and thinking, yeah, that was a good one. Or you remember this? And this play happened, you know, in that game. I'll tell you another one that I stumbled upon last night and just trying to, you know, pour through a couple of other factoids that maybe I hadn't uncovered yet for this game. Here's another thing that doesn't bode well for Patrick Mahomes. There has never been a player who has led the league in passing yards 
and won the Super Bowl in the same season. And, of course, Mahomes did that this year with 52-50. So MVP award, leading the league in passing yards, those are two things that are not boding well for number 15 and the Kansas City Chiefs going into the game against Philadelphia today. But you know what? Some people may use that as fodder to, if you are going to place a wager or two, and I would suggest FanDuel doing that because, well, you know, they're my people. But some people are also going to look in different directions and say, well, you know, that really doesn't matter to me. And they're going to look at different trends and different things and so on and so forth. But I think these teams are evenly matched, and I've been saying that for a while. I, I, I really and truly believe that. And if you've watched them both this season, apart from just the records and the points and all these other statistical oddities, you've got to say to yourself that, you know, the two best teams indeed are playing in this game. And I know that San Francisco had some bad luck in the championship game a couple of weeks ago, but hey, you know, those are the breaks. These two teams are here for a reason, and I think that they're going to give us a good show, and, and that's what you want to see in the Super Bowl. Even though it is a social gathering and it's more like a party and a holiday than anything else, it's, it's not even so much about the football. It's all about the secondary and tertiary type things. But it is the last football Sunday that we're going to have for a good long while. You know, for what, about seven months? I think opening day next year, like the first Sunday. I mean, I got to look, but I think it's somewhere around like the, the, the September you know, 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever it is. So we are literally almost seven months away after today from the next time we're all going to congregate again and, you know, root for our teams and go through our normal customs that we usually have on a Sunday morning and a Sunday afternoon. So enjoy it. You know, I know that it's a little overblown, and do we really need, you know, 19 hours of pregame and, and this and that? But look, it, it is what it is. It's a party. Enjoy it because, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a lull on the sports calendar. You know, there's some people that don't really get all that geeked up about the NBA and the NHL during the regular season. They don't pay attention to college basketball until maybe March rolls around. You know, it's football, football, and sprinkle in a little baseball, but you're not going to have baseball for a couple of more months. So this is, you know, it's almost like a bittersweet day. In a way, yeah, it's great. You get a game and, and, you know, you get to have fun and hang out with your buddies and, and that sort of stuff. But no more football after this. And it's become like our religion and it's become our tradition for the last, you know, five, six months here. So it is kind of sad. But the best gift that the NFL and the football gods can give us today is a really, really good Super Bowl. And I, for one, think you're going to get one. And I want to hear from you, too, at 800-919-3776. Curious, you know, let me, what are your customs? What are your traditions? How are you watching the game? What are you eating? You know, we'll get into all those things as we move forward through the morning because, you know, it is kind of a celebration of the season that was. I think that there was a lot of good, even if we take some time a little bit later on to look back on what the season was for the two teams in this town. You know, the Giants surprising maybe everybody in the league and then some. Winning a playoff game, making it all the way to the second round. You know, Brian Dayball doing an outstanding job, winning coach of the year and rightfully so, and everything that they accomplished this season. Daniel Jones having the year that he had. And the Jets, look, it, it, it kind of crashed and burned there over the final six weeks, but, you know, there were still a lot of positives, I think, that you got from them all season long that hopefully they'll be able to parlay into better things in 2023, and, you know, we'll see what happens during the offseason in their search for a quarterback. We will explore the local angle of things. A little bit later on, our pal Connor Hughes covers football for SNY. He'll join us coming up at noon. So a lot to break down, a lot to dissect. We'll get into the basketball a little bit as well because Sixers were in Brooklyn last night and James Harden, who was one of the members of the Big Three, decided to give his spin 
on what happened or didn't happen during his brief time in Brooklyn and said some pretty eye-opening things, which we'll share with you in case you didn't hear them. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. It is a football day. Super Sunday. 57th one. Chiefs. Eagles. Let's hope we get a good one today. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. It's Grasso with you till 2 on Super Sunday right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back. Dan Grouse's show, 98.7 ESPN. We're riding until 2 o'clock today at 800-919-3776. Remember, you can tweet at me at Dan Grouse at G-R-A-C-A. And look, I think the health of both of these quarterbacks, that's certainly going to be one of the factors in this game today. You know, first and foremost, Mahomes, because... You know, his injury is a little bit more recent than Jalen Hurts. Remember, Jalen Hurts first banged up that shoulder, what was it, in early December or late November, one of those or whatever. So it's been a few months here already. Mahomes, you know, he injured that ankle in the playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars in, you know, just last month here. So he's still working his way through this thing. And he gutted it out a week later against Cincinnati in the conference championship game. He had that one rollout play where, you know, he came up a little limp there and he didn't know how he was going to fare. But, you know, the dude's a gamer and he just showed you he's going to do whatever it takes to go out there and try to win a game. He had that big scramble play late in the game, which led to that personal foul penalty where um, the dude on Cincinnati pushed him out of bounds and gave him the extra 15 yards, which set up that game winning field goal. So he's going to do what it takes. And I do think that the extra couple of weeks will probably help him to a certain degree, but I think that what Mahomes showed you, and I know that he's as dangerous and versatile as any guy we have in the game, but what he showed you in the AFC title game against Cincinnati is that he could just sit in the pocket and pick you apart if he has to, right? Even if he doesn't have that mobility, he still is deep down a pocket passer. He can be that guy, and that's what makes him the best quarterback in the game, the most valuable player in the sport right now. So, yeah, that's great in a perfect world, But if you're Philadelphia, you know that you're going into this game trying to get him off of his mark, right? You want to do to Kansas City and to Patrick Mahomes today what Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers did to him a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl where they had him running for his life and essentially was out there playing one against 11 trying to beat a Buccaneers team, which he just couldn't do. Despite his greatness, despite the skills that he has, he he just could not do it by himself. And we know this Eagles pass rush is pretty ferocious. You know, it's as good as anybody in the National Football League. I mean, you've got four guys with double-digit sacks. 
they can get after it at all ends. And I think that the matchup you're going to look forward to today, if you want to see how maybe this Kansas City offensive line is going to hold up throughout the course of the afternoon, you look at the tackle position, specifically Andrew Wiley at right tackle going up against the Hassan Reddick. The strength of this Chiefs offensive line is in the interior. You know, that is where they're rock solid. You know, Joe Tooney at left guard, who they signed from the New England Patriots a couple of years ago, they gave him an arm and a leg. Jets were going after him too, but the price got a little wacky. And look, Kansas City got him, and he's a real, real good player. Creed Humphrey was a guy they drafted in the second round just a couple of years ago, and he's proven his weight in gold at the center position. You know, that is where the strength of this Kansas City offensive line is. So Philadelphia is going to try to exploit you from the outside, try to collapse the pocket, and maybe get Mahomes out on the move. I think that is their plan of attack. Now, on the other side, if you're Kansas City and as you're trying to disrupt Jalen Hurts, look, it goes without saying. I think that Philadelphia, offensively, and this is strange to say because we think about the Chiefs and we think about Patrick Mahomes and everything that he can do, Philadelphia's got better weapons top to bottom, than Kansas City does. You know, when you look at the complement of running backs, when you look at the tight end, you look at, of course, the wide receivers. I mean, Jalen Hurts has better playmakers around him than Patrick Mahomes does. Not that Mahomes has nobodies, but Hurts is dealing with some dudes who are really, really special. And he knows that all he has to do is get them the ball in a position to make plays, and then those guys take care of the rest. And it's not to take anything away from Hurts and anything he's accomplished. He's had a really, really good season. But... And going back to his shoulder injury now and just trying to figure out, like, how healthy is he, you know, he didn't have to do much, really, in either one of these playoff games that they've played this year. You know, the Giants just weren't ready for prime time yet. And then San Francisco last week, because the fact that the 49ers essentially were playing without an offense and had no quarterback, you know, Jalen Hurts really didn't have to do all that much to help them win the game last week. I mean, he only had like 150 or 160 total yards of offense. So we, I don't think, have a true answer to that question, how healthy is that shoulder? And if you're Kansas City, you want to get him out on the move, the same thing, because guess what? Contrary to popular belief, and I know that, you know, Hurts is a dynamic dual-threat quarterback and all those things, and, you know, he's just as dangerous running the ball with his legs as he is throwing it, but where Hurts is not good... If you watch them enough, he is not at his best throwing on the run and outside the pocket. He just isn't. And if you're Kansas City, you're going to try to attack from the interior of your defensive line because your big stud on defense is, of course, Chris Jones applying that push up the middle. So you want to get Hurts off his mark, and you want to get him out there making plays, throwing the football. Both of these defenses are going to try to come at you at least up front in the line of scrimmage, maybe from a different plan of attack or – Maybe they're going to throw in some different wrinkles. I think you have to do that. You know, and let's not forget, like, Philadelphia's pass rush has gotten all the attention here in the last couple of weeks, and rightfully so. And you look at their coverage. I mean, they're the number one pass defense in the NFL. But let's not forget, the guy who's calling the signals defensively for the Chiefs, he's got himself a Super Bowl ring. And he had himself a pretty damn good Super Bowl Sunday in this same exact stadium, what, 15 years ago. And we're talking about Steve Spagnuolo because it was his defense that won that Super Bowl 42 for the New York Giants and knocking off the undefeated Patriots that day. I know that, you know, Eli and David Tyree and all that, that's great. But the Giants won that game because of their defense because they didn't give Tom Brady a moment to breathe in that game. So Spagnuolo knows what he's doing. You know, he can go out there easily and confuse the heck out of a quarterback who, let's be honest, is only in his second 
real year, you know, as the guy. And he hasn't seen as much maybe as Patrick Holmes has. And who knows, maybe this is going to be an education form here this afternoon. We'll see. And that's the chess match of these games. You know, the intensity and when the stakes rise, like that that's what you kind of like to see. And you know that the, co- the, the coordinators and the coaches, they live for this stuff. And when you talk about coaches and getting ready for a big game, let's also not forget. You know, Andy Reid, who I know, he's had a lot of bad losses in his career. He's had a lot of bad losses in conference championship games. And he's only got that one Super Bowl victory. I get that. But you know what Andy Reid is also really, really good and as good as any coach that there is? Game planning for an opponent with an extra week to prepare. Right? During the regular season, it's always Andy Reid after the bye. Andy Reid's teams after the bye week. And he has this, like, crazy record. Well, doesn't this also count as a bye week? Because you're getting an extra week to prepare for the game. It's two weeks. Andy Reid in his coaching career, his teams, after the bye week, or a week off, they're 27-4. and four. Repeat that, 27-4. and four. So think about that one as you're getting ready for this game coming up here a little bit later on today. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Get to some calls when we return and also start to examine the legacies of what's at stake for some of these players, right? This is the biggest stage, the biggest game. Some careers are made. Some careers are broken in this game. We'll talk about what's at stake for some of the chief principals here. Dan Grasso show till 2 on Super Bowl Sunday right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. Breaking news right now from uh, Adam Schefter. The Colts... They're one of two teams in the NFL that have yet to secure a head coach. They plan to hire Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as their head coach, but an agreement still needs to be reached. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the Jeff Saturday experiment is now a thing of the past. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. In September, week one, whenever that is, whatever day it is, Buttle and I are going to be sitting there getting ready for Jets against whoever. And when we do our Around the League segment, segment four, the first hour of the pregame show, when we go around the league with somebody, it's probably going to be with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> I guarantee you. He's going to be right back in the ESPN fold. And why the hell wouldn't he? I mean, we've heard these rumblings the last couple of months that, you know, Jeff Saturday, if he's done coaching, ESPN will welcome him back. And they should. He does, he's, he's good at what he does. You know, he gave the coaching thing a shot. Didn't work out. But, you know, go back to your uh, happy place. And I'm sure he'll be on with us breaking down the NFL because he's good at it. He really and truly is. So there you go. Shane Steichen. And I guess the Arizona situation, I mean, your guess is as good as mine about what the Cardinals are going to do because there was a report today that they're going to interview the Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, in a couple of days here once the Super Bowl is over. So they, they, they still have no idea what they want to do. And I guess if you're a Giant fan, the good news is, is you know, maybe not for him, but good if you're a Giant fan, that Wink Martindale was in the running for that Colts job because he got a second interview. So Wink is sticking around, and he did a great job with that defense this year. But Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, he's apparently one of the finalists for the Arizona job. He, Lou, Amarumo, uh, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, Staten Island product, uh, and now, I guess, Jonathan Gannon, 
So you still might be losing Kafka, who had a hand certainly in the development this year of Daniel Jones and the success that he had along with Brian Dayball. So we'll see how it plays itself out. So Steichen to the Colts, it looks like, and maybe the defensive coordinator of the Eagles out to Arizona as their new guy. We shall see how this all plays out over the next couple of days. All right, let's get to some calls here. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's start it off with David in Queens. He is going to be first up here on Super Sunday. David, good morning. How are you? Dan, thanks. Great energy. Great show. Um, Today's a business day for me. It's like, you know, got to collect my box numbers, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm making my money today. I'm going to enjoy the game. How many boxes do you have, Dave? Thanks for asking. I got 10 different in bars, 10 different bars. I got about average two or three. I got about 27, maybe. Wow. Like Give or take. Yeah. And I, I hit a couple of years ago. So, I mean, it's all fun. I'm into it. It's, like I said, it's business for me and it's fun. And uh, I play a lot of darts. So I bounce around different bars. And when you're there, you're 400, <laughs> you know. So that's what happens when you're a dart roadie, you know. You get into you, the bars let me and you got to buy a box. Because I'm yeah. not in the dart game. Do you have, like, you know, like, for instance, like, if you're a real, like, hardcore bowler, like, you have your own bowling ball, you take it with you. Sure. Like, for the hardcore darts people, do you have your own set of darts and you bring them with you to, from bar to bar, or do you just use the house darts? hundred million percent you have your own, you have another set, you have a little Really? Little See, I'm, I'm just little... guessing. There you yeah. go. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have a little equipment. You know, you got to replace sometimes, like, you know, Formula One or something. You got to replace a tire. You got to replace sometimes a dart shaft. It gets cut during the game. You know, you can lend somebody something. They don't have the key. There's a little key. Yeah, I have, um, like, a rosin bag there for, like, my hands sometimes. In, how, in a much is, bag. how much is a yeah. set of darts, Dave? Uh, it went up. Way went up. But uh, I, mine are about, mine were about 200 Get out of it. $200 yeah. for a set of darts? How many darts is that? Hundred percent, three darts. Oh, two hundred. Wow. I have very good darts. Yeah, it's my my number one hobby besides gambling and listening to talk radio. It's my number one hobby. Dave, I yeah. gotta tell you, I'm gonna quit this gig here when the show is over and get into the dark <laughs> business. That's what I gotta do. Come to Queens and join my league, and uh, it'll open up things for you. It really will. Wow. You meet people. It's really a good. You know. You know, it used to be chalk. Now it's digital, but it makes it a little easier. But I always nice. like scoring the games. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for asking. But um, yeah. So like I said, it's business, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm track down some of these numbers. I have a few to go. And um, what happened was I was telling the screener, Joel, right? Um, we, me and my wife started a new tradition this year. We went to Phoenix on January 30th, and we left on the 8th. So I got to be around Radio Row. I didn't have a credential to go in the Radio Row, but I was outside, mm-hmm. and I got to meet Mad Dog. I met Shine. I saw Solomon Wilcox. I saw some other people I didn't really talk to. I was in the hotel lobby. Like, I felt part of the uh, Super Bowl, even though I'm not going to the game or nothing. We got to enjoy the city. It's sort of Grand Canyon. So the thing is, um, that's my new tradition. I wanted to tell you that. We're going to go to the city just before the Radio Row arrives and leave just in the middle of Radio Row. So next year, we'll try to do Vegas. And um, I bought a jacket over there. I look like a tourist, but I don't care. It was a beautiful Super Bowl jacket, and I'm going to wear it today. And I'm going to go to – see, this is what I was also telling the screener. The Eagle fans, I, I respect them. They're in it, but I don't want to be around them, win or lose. So we're going to a quiet little place, like a lounge. And I'm not a lounge person. Like I said, I'm a bar person. But today, I'm going to stay out of the bars because I don't want the spillage of beer and the throwing – Hell, hands, you know what I mean. So, nah, you don't want it's gonna that. Be a nice, yeah. quiet day. Not with me. I mean, the Eagle fans win or lose, you know they're gonna they're gonna get rowdy. So, because they're in New York, there's a lot of them in New York. I see a lot of them. I don't know if they're 
transplanted or they just became bogus fans, but there are Eagle fans. Well, you know what York, it is? I, I think, yeah. Dave, you know what it is with the Eagle fans? And I yeah. thank you for the phone call, my friend. I'm glad you got a chance to go out there. It sounds like a good time there. For, and, and you know what's cool about it? I was saying this to somebody yesterday, too. It's cool when you have the Super Bowl in a warm weather environment like Arizona. So, like, if you do go out there and you just want to take in the scenes and you want to explore and kind of, you know, get to know the city if you've never been out there, like, the weather is accommodating to do things like that. Like, if you have the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl when it was in Minnesota, you know, and it's like freaking five degrees, like, it's not really a place where you want to go out and about and explore and see the sights. So I think that the NFL always tries to at least put it in a warm weather type of an environment like Vegas is next year. Um, I want to say New Orleans is the year after that. You know, New Orleans is a great city. So, yeah, that's cool that he got a chance to go out there. The thing about Eagles fans, though, from my experience, I know a lot of them. Like, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of Eagle fans. And I think that, I mean, just my own personal experience, a lot of them are kind of transplants, so – you know, they grew up in the Philadelphia area or South Jersey or something like that. And then they came up to New York for work, you know, and they begin their careers. And look, a lot of the people I know they're, are working in this business. So, of course, you try to come to New York because that's where all the action is here. So um, that's where I know most of my people. So, yeah, a lot, lot, lot invested in this game today. That's for sure. James in Pennsylvania up next. 98.7 ESPN. James, good morning. How are you? Hey, what's up, Dan? What's up, James? Uh, first and foremost, I want to give you your flowers, man. I've listened to you all season. You've done an excellent job. ESPN, get this man his extension. Sign on that dotted line, brother. You deserve it. Wow. James, I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> hey, I want to give you some stats. You you tell me. Jalen Hurts, okay? Throw for three touchdowns, run for one, 80 to 100 yards rushing, no turnovers, do the Eagles win. Run that by me one more time. Sorry. Okay. Three touchdowns thrown by Jeremy Hurts. Mm-hmm. One rushing touchdown. 80 to 100-yard rushing. And no turnovers. I can't even sit here and tell you that that's a clear recipe for a victory, James, because the guy on the other side of the field can also have a day like that. Right. Because right. remember, because if yeah. you're if, if you're if you're going into this game today and I said to you, James, for your life, you need one of these two quarterbacks to win you the game today for your life. Which guy are you taking? I'm taking my own. You got to You got I mean, if you if you value your life and you value your existence on this planet, you take the best player in the league. It's as simple as that. It's really not right. that difficult to decision. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts is going to have a – he has to have a huge day for them to even have a chance, I believe. Um, not if the defense absolutely just destroys Kansas City's offensive line like we saw the Bucks do a couple of years ago. And, James, thank you for the phone call. I really appreciate it. You get back to us here. That's the thing. Like, Jalen Hurts, you know, it's been proven a couple of weeks ago. San Francisco had nothing offensively. Now, that was more a byproduct of the fact they didn't have any quarterbacks – but if Philadelphia's defense, and I just told you, they've got the best pass rush in the NFL. If Philadelphia's defense completely swallows up the Chiefs' offensive line and has Mahomes running for his life, go, guys, you know what? Before this game today, if you got a couple of minutes, go on YouTube. Just look at the highlight package they put together for Super Bowl, what is it, 55, a couple of years ago. 
Mahomes running for his life against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If Philadelphia does that today, then they're going to walk off the field champions. The Chiefs have to allow Mahomes to make some plays. Because I don't think Kansas City could go out and win this game today on the strength of their defense. Philadelphia can. The Chiefs can't. 800-919-3776. That's a telephone number. When we come back, I'll give you another little tidbit talking about the Chiefs' defense versus Kansas City's offense and how that matchup, at least statistically, has played itself out in Super Bowl history when those type of teams have matched wits against one another. Dan Gross' show, we roll till 2, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Connor Hughes of SNY fame is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour at high noon, and we'll get into a little of the local football side of things. What are the Giants doing contract-wise with some of their players? And how about the Jets and their search for a quarterback and other things? So I mentioned, and we'll get right back to the phone calls here in just a second, I mentioned the matchup here between the Kansas City Chiefs, which is the number one passing offense in the NFL this year, against the Philadelphia Eagles, who own the number one passing defense in the National Football League. This is the third time in Super Bowl history, boys and girls, that the number one passing offense has met the number one passing defense in the big game. And you know what happened in the previous two? It was the number one passing defense that won and won the game pretty convincingly, believe it or not. Back in 2002, Tampa Bay and that defense beat the heck out of Rich Gannon and the Oakland Raiders out in San Diego. Remember, that was the John Gruden Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he knew all the Raiders' plays because Bill Callahan and company didn't even bother to change him, <laughs> as legend would have it. So they essentially had a, an extra guy in the Raiders' huddle because they knew everything that they were going to do, especially even their audibles, and what a mess that was. So Tampa Bay won that game. And then the other one happened nine years ago, and it was right in our own backyard, the Super Bowl, the MetLife Stadium, where Seattle and the Legion of Boom absolutely beat the pants off of Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos that day. And that one was over right from the jump. Remember the first play from the game sailed over Manning's head for his safety, and it was just, oh, boy, that was what a letdown that Super Bowl was. Finally get one here, although the weather was pretty much the same. It was, like, unseasonably warm that day. It was, like, 50-something degrees, kind of like as, you know, we have winter now. Um, in this neck of the woods. But, yeah, so there you go. If you want to use that as an indicator, maybe two games isn't enough of a sample size for you, but in the past, number one pass D, number one passing offense in the Super Bowl, it's the defense that has come out on top. So that means advantage Eagles if you want to play that game this afternoon. Let's say hi to John in Farmington. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, good morning. How are you? Uh, it's actually Farmingdale, but Farmingdale. Yeah. I can only go by what they tell me, John. But I hear that it's a very, very vibrant community. I just want to, uh, just want to thank the case show. I, I, I came out this week, seventeen eight on Friday. How did that work out for you? Oh, it was good. The, the food was good. Um, uh, Peter Rosenberg, he actually pointed out my fox hat, so that was pretty cool. Your fox hat? Yeah. If you if you were watching like towards the end, like when they were doing uh, the lineups. Like I was yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't watching, John. I had other things to yeah, do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he actually pointed it out. Oh, there you go. Okay, good for Peter for having that clairvoyance. Good job by him. What's on your mind, John? Uh, 
I just want to say that I think the Chiefs are going to win, and if the Eagles win and I don't hit a box, I'll go to bed a sad man. Well, John, you know what? I hope you go to bed a happy man. So, And I thank you for the phone call. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy your Fox hat. Maybe the Fox will bring you some good luck putting that bad boy on. Who knows? And I guess a good job for Peter for pointing out a hat. I mean, I don't know what, what we could tell you there. So there you go, John in Farmingdale, a little Super Bowl breakdown from him. Let's say hi to Julio in Dix Hills. He's up next here. Julio, are you wearing a hat this morning by any chance? Uh, yeah, I actually am, uh, but it's a Yankee hat, weirdly okay. enough. <laughs> Dan, how are you, man? How's everything? I'm doing Happy good. Super Bowl Sunday. Same to you, Julio. What's going on? Uh, really, really quick, before I get to my point, um, I'm a creature of habit, so when you took over for, for Dave, I was a little apprehensive. Not anything against you, but I'm just a creature yeah. of habit, and you're used to somebody, and you're like, uh, but you know what? You come in, man, and I feel like I haven't missed a beat. You know, I'm at... You know, I don't want to say this to Dave, but, you know, I'm actually enjoying you on the radio a little bit on this weekend, too, you know? Well, Julio, I appreciate that. And, you know, you could say it to Dave. That's fine. There's there's room for both of us. You know, the more the merrier. <laughs> there, you know, there's there's a lot of hours in the day. You get Dave in the morning, and once the Knicks and Rangers are over, you'll get me at 7 o'clock at night, plus on Saturdays. I'm you know, looking, it's a perfect I'm world. I'm looking forward to it, man. That's all I do. Listen there to you guys, you and you guys, we, we live life together. But, Dan, my point, I'm, I'm going Chiefs. You know, I'm throwing a little $25, hopefully win gas money tomorrow. The reason I'm going with the Chiefs is because of experience. I mean, they've won. They've lost. They've been in thick, tight games. I mean, Philadelphia hasn't done that yet, and I think that might be the difference tonight. And if it's going to be a close game, who, who are you going to go with? You're going to go with experience. Andy Reid's been here. Patrick Mahomes has been here. Travis Kelsey's been here. I mean, why, why wouldn't you take experience over anything else? Julio, that's my line of thinking, and that's how I look at this game when you're breaking it down. And I thank you for the phone call, my friend. You get back to us. Appreciate all the kind words there. Um, I think these teams are evenly matched. When you have a game that has two teams that are as close as the Eagles and the Chiefs are, you go with the team that has the best player. At least I do, and that's number 15, and he's going to be in a white jersey today in Patrick Mahomes. And as I get done saying a little bit earlier, I don't think necessarily experience is the, you know, the end-all, be-all. Because Philadelphia, five years ago, when they were in that Super Bowl against the Patriots, the Patriots were, of course, the much-experienced team, but Philadelphia, with Nick Foles, found a way to win that Super Bowl. You just never know. And, I, you know, speaking of that Super Bowl with Philadelphia, let's give credit where credit is due here, really, about them. And how they've kind of remade this team a little bit. Right? Howie Roseman, and I know that he's had his missteps over the years, the general manager of the Eagles. But he really has done a nice job here. You're 60 minutes away from winning your second Super Bowl in six years. You have a new head coach. Like, we're not talking about 60 years. It's six. Okay? You got a brand new head coach. You got a brand new quarterback from that game. There's only eight guys that are left on that roster that beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 52. Like, 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 I know it's the NFL, and I know that it's ever-changing and stuff, but, I mean, five, six years later, I mean, hey, when you win a Super Bowl, that's supposed to buy you a little bit of a safety net, a little bit of a grace period, at least if you're a head coach, right? Like, I mean, you win a Super Bowl, you could go out there and, you know, go 0-16 for the next couple of years, and you'd think that they'd still keep you because, hey, you won a championship. You've proven that you could get the job done here. But they've already moved on from Doug Peterson, right? Carson Wentz, who was the starter that year to begin the year, gone. 
Nick Foles, who was the Super Bowl MVP that day, got Nick Foles. Let me tell you something, because it, it, it just brings up another kind of thought. Aren't we like 20 years from now going to look back? I mean, hell, we could even do it right now. Nick Foles is going to have, like if we, you know, compile a list of one of the strangest careers, like not even, not even just in the NFL, but just in sports, Nick Foles is going to have one of the craziest, strangest, oddest careers I think of any sports figure that has come around in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Guy's a Super Bowl MVP, so he is going to go down in history till the end of time, right? There's only been, I don't know the exact number in my head because there have been multiple Super Bowl MVPs or guys have won multiple MVPs like the Brady's, Montana's of the world. You know, I think there's been like five or six guys. So there's only been like 50 or 51 human beings that know what it means to be a Super Bowl MVP. And Nick Foles is going to be one of those that are roaming this planet right now. You know, and some of them are not even with us any longer. But, I mean, the guys played for one, two, three, four, six different teams. You know, he, he's a journeyman, for crying out loud. And he is a Super Bowl MVP, and he won the game against the greatest quarterback of all time in Brady and arguably the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick. Like, think how – like, you can't script that stuff. You know, that's why they built him a statue already outside of Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. That deserves to be immortalized in bronze. Birds deserve that to be a place to go do their thing on because that's just how improbable it is. Like, they should make the Nick Foles movie one day. Like, I was reading something on SI this week. I don't know how many of you guys saw it, but, like, I don't know. This was, like, 25 years ago. They made some yo-yo movie um, about, like, Tony, Tony Danza played, like, a garbage man who became, like, the Philadelphia Eagles kicker. It was one of those, like, you know, Walt, uh, Disney movies of the week or something like that. It was on, like, a Sunday night. You know, it didn't really do great ratings. It was kind of just like buried in the middle of nowhere. But Tony Danza was a garbage man who became the Eagles' uh, field goal kicker. Of course, it was fiction. But they almost need to make a movie about that for Nick Foles. You know, they made the Kurt Warner movie. They, they might as well get down to the Nick Foles movie. Maybe they're waiting until he's retired. I think, I, I think Nicolas Cage could actually pull off a Nick Foles. I know that he's like several years older and he's a creepy guy. But, like, they could probably make Nick Foles, you know, you put a helmet on him, or Nick Cage, like, put a helmet on him and all those things, and they could transform him into Nick Foles. You get a stunt guy to do all the football things. I think that would be hilarious. Let's get on that. Let's just, let's see how bad we can make the Nick Foles life story made for Hollywood movie. That's what we need to get on. That's going to be our next priority here. All right, one hour in the books. When we come back, we'll switch a little bit more local and get into the Jets and Giants side of things as to where they stand here on Super Bowl Sunday. Our pal Connor Hughes, SNY, will be giving us a holler next. Dan Gross, the show till 2, then it's Ty Butler, right here on 98.7 ESPN.